Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Vegas Therapist. I am your host, Ryan Winder. And remember, what's happening in Vegas is not staying in Vegas, as I bring you helpful tips and all sorts of topic areas, with a Vegas twist of course. So let's get the show started. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's good to have you back in for another episode of The Vegas Therapist. I'm your host. Have a great show and topic for you today. Uh, but before we get to today's topic, I just want to check in with everybody. Hope everybody is doing well and just let you know I appreciate all of your feedback from the previous episode on your story, your hero story. Got some great uh, feedback from that, um, how it impacted you. And I just want everybody to know I love hearing from you. So please feel free to reach out, text me, email me. Um, either way works and, uh, or yeah, just, just reach out. So I appreciate that feedback. Um, if you're new to the show, uh, please feel free to go to Apple podcasts and rate and review the show. That would be amazing. Also, you can go to Facebook and join the group page, the Vegas therapist podcast and look for updates or topics things that you can comment on, um, or even just leave your suggestions for things you'd like to hear on the show. Okay. Um, that's kind of the housekeeping stuff. So today, um, as we get into the topic, I wanted to, um, share some things. I, I, I came across an article recently, uh, in reference to the Will Smith incident, which I'm sure unless you have not been by TV or news or anything, I'm sure you've heard about at, by this point. Um, so this article talked about that incident, but it discussed the idea that what we witnessed there at the Academy Awards was the result of unresolved trauma or what is referred to as a trauma response. Um, now, in no way do I want this show to take on a defense of those actions or anything of that nature, but I do think the article caught my attention in terms of the understanding of a trauma response and what that looks like or what it might look like. And it definitely gives some food for thought as I'll get into later about the possible connection of why that might have been a trauma response. So please feel free to stay for that and be open to that because I think um, the article makes um, some good, good points about that. Um, but I want to talk about the idea of our trauma responses because I think it's a, it's it's important to expand our understanding of what they are, what they look like, how we might have maybe some more trauma responses than we think. But in order to do that, we've got to be more aware of what they could be because trauma responses can take many forms. They can look like things like slapping somebody for saying the wrong thing. They could be yelling at somebody for not doing something fast enough or up to your own standards. It could look like avoiding or not responding to a boss's email about some about scheduling an upcoming performance review, um, having to do everything perfectly. Otherwise you feel anxious or unsettled. It could look like not setting boundaries around your time and energy because you're worried about con confrontation or upsetting another person. And it could also look like working endless hours without taking time for yourself or the things and people you enjoy because your job is your primary source and measure of your own self-worth and value. Um, it could also take on the role of 
making sure everything and everyone is okay. And so when a person has experienced trauma, big T, as we like to refer to it, or little t, um, either from their childhood or adulthood, the brain and the body store that traumatic memory in ways that aspects of that memory can be reactivated by present day interactions and situations. We call these triggers. Um, and when we experience a trigger in relation to our trauma, the person or individual experiences that reactivation in a split second processing on the subconscious or unconscious level. And that experience is done through the filter of the past trauma. So what that ultimately means is that the person for all intents and purposes is experiencing things as if they're right back in that previous circumstance of the trauma. So as a result, they are reacting or taking action emotionally, physically, and or verbally from the place of that trauma, hence the term trauma response. So hopefully that was pretty clear. We understand that. Um, and again, as far as what that looks like, um, from the examples I gave, it can look very different for different people. Uh, the other thing that's important to remember is that trauma doesn't just have happen in childhood. It happens in adulthood as well. And I just want to give you an example of what that can look like, especially from a recent situation, something that we've all gone through in terms of COVID. Um, I had a recent conversation with a friend and we were talking about some anxiety that he was feeling in a new job that he was experiencing or that he was, that he had. And the job, um, ironically enough, was in the same area of, of, of expertise that he had during or prior to COVID, but then as a result of COVID, cause it was in the trades or trade shows, um, he lost that job. And so, uh, we were talking about how he was having all this anxiety about, you know, the new job and kind of being in that place or being in a similar state. And as we talked through that, um, the, the reality was, is that he was experiencing a trauma response. His anxiety was the result of feeling that fear or uncertainty around, being in a similar job, being in a similar situation, and ultimately kind of worrying about something similar happening, a job loss. And so his body was reacting to those circumstances in a way that he didn't really fully understand until we talked through it. So that's what a trauma response can look like. Um, and ultimately there, there was some legitimate trauma there that he'd experienced. Uh, so that's kind of what we're, that's kind of what this episode is about is to try to bring awareness to those things, try to understand maybe our reactions, maybe the reactions of others in a different way. Um, because they could be the result of trauma. Now those past traumas, they can be diverse and range from a variety of things, you know, losing a job, feeling like a failure in that sense, or, you know, going through different aspects of COVID being isolated, being alone, witnessing a parent being physically or verbally abused during your childhood. Um, it also could be you yourself experiencing physical, sexual, or verbal abuse in your childhood or adulthood, uh, experiencing emotional abuse or neglect, being harshly reprimanded, um, you know, like with an angry tone or demeanor, being shamed by others for not doing a task the right way or well enough, being told and perhaps even punished as a child, um, that it's not polite nor acceptable to say no when adults tell you to do something. Um, 
being called out by a teacher in front of the class for having the wrong answer and then feeling embarrassed and shame for that. Um, just a variety of things. Now, some of these things may seem more horrific than others. Others seem may, may seem inconsequential at some level, but you know, there's a variety of factors that go into what can create a trauma in us. Things like age of occurrence, the emotional, mental, physical resources that that person had at that age, prior traumas that you may have experienced. All those things can determine, you know, the impact of a trauma in, in each of us. Um, and so we need to be mindful of that. I know, um, you know, recently uh, I was working with a, another client and we were talking about some things and he was having trouble kind of like in this same vein of like responding to the boss's emails, but a lot of it was like task driven, feeling nervous around doing, doing things right. Um, uh, answering questions, right. Doing tasks, right. That he was asked to do a job and just, you know, a lot of anxiety. And as we started to work through that process and try to identify the source, um, you know, through some EMDR stuff, which I'll talk about more later, um, we came to a memory that was based on a time when he was doing homework as a young child, his dad was helping him and it was a particularly difficult topic math, which I can relate to. And he was having a hard time grasping the concepts. Um, and dad was getting super frustrated to the point to where he basically just slammed and shattered the pencil on the table. And that event, you know, really was at the core of his trauma around you know, the fear and worry about doing something wrong or doing something not right. And, you know, it was, it is stuck with him through his adulthood. So again, dealing with trauma responses, what they might look like, how they might show up in us. Uh, that was definitely one. The other thing about trauma responses that I think is important to remember too, is that, you know, again, we've talked about the idea of them being a part of a trigger, but they're also uh, sometimes can be almost like a morph into like a way of being just kind of who we are. Um, one of my clients, it's, I just want side note, it's really been interesting because as I kind of prepare these topics, um, I feel like all of a sudden I just get flooded with examples, um, with clients that week or that day or whatever it is. Uh, I've had a ton this last week that have really fit well into this article, uh, or into this podcast. And so, um, I'm obviously grateful for that. So I can pass those along so you can kind of get a better sense of what this can look like in your own life and maybe in those that are around you, those that you care about. But like I said, you know, sometimes a trauma response can morph into kind of who we are or way of being. Um, for example, one of my clients talked about how he is now a re as a result of his trauma, the cleanup crew, you know, that's his job. That's his way of being. That's how he operates, has to operate within his family is that when things go wrong or, or even maybe even if there's a sense that they could go wrong, he has to spring into action and be the one to take care of everything and clean everything up. So again, not just necessarily based on a trigger, but the, just the whole nature of who he is, 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 is centered around uh, a trauma. So a lot of different things that, that we could be, you know, dealing with that might be reflective of a trauma that we've experienced. Now, getting back to Will Smith really quickly, and this is where I think it's interesting as far as like the tie-in that the article talked about um, um, in regards to Will. So, because I, I really do want you to connect the dots with him and just kind of take 
you know, some food for thought as far as what might have went into that situation for him. And this was interesting to me. I didn't know Will Smith had written an autobiography entitled Will. And in that book, um, he described how he'd witnessed physical violence at home as a child. And And in the book, he actually writes the following. He says, when I was nine years old, I watched my father punch my mother in the side of the head so hard that she collapsed. I saw her spit blood. And at that moment in the bedroom, probably more than any other time moment in my life, uh, that has defined me. That moment has defined me. And with everything that I've done since then, the awards, the accolades, the spotlights, the attention, the characters and the laughs, there has been subtle, a subtle string of apologies to my mother for the inaction that day, for failing her at that moment, for failing to stand up to my father, for being a coward. So now fast forward, Academy Awards night, the combination of Chris Rock targeting Will's wife for a joke, along with the look on her face, maybe a similar look or signaling to Will her level of upset or distress, that potentially, I'm going to say, because this is just an, an idea or a thought, that potentially triggered a split second accessing and instantly placing Will inside of that earlier memory when he was nine years old and was an unable to protect his mom, the woman who he loved at the time. And so Will's reaction at the awards ceremony may have been that of the nine-year-old traumatized little boy who simply reacted in the way that that nine-year-old boy wanted to react back then. Now, in no way does that excuse the behavior or make it okay, but it does shed a different light on it. It does put it maybe in a different perspective that we haven't thought about, that there was something else going on there, that that response reflected somebody who was triggered into their trauma and was reacting in a, in a, in somewhat of a subconscious way, um, to something that he'd vowed to himself to never do. And that was not, or to, to do if he ever had the chance again was to stand up for his mom in this time you stand up and stood up for his wife. Um, I think the, the experience and the connection also highlights the importance of us understanding trauma and its many manifestations and addressing it with effective trauma informed approaches that also address the emotional, physical, um, and mental aspects of trauma. You know, we may ask ourselves the next time we see an overreaction with ourselves or someone else, uh, is that connected to someone else, to someone or their trauma? Hopefully, rather than simply vilifying Will and saying he has anger problems, the people close to him can help him recognize that this is a trauma problem and help him get the trauma-informed help um, that he would need to better manage those responses and those actions, you know, things like EMDR and other somatic modalities can effectively and efficiently release the traumatized aspects held in the memory and the body and obviously help you do that. So, um, so that brings us to the idea of EMDR, which I wanted to just just touch on a little bit for those that may not know much about it. Um, I wanted to share uh, another experience that I had, and this was really powerful and really kind of brought some some really important insight to a client. So in EMDR, um, a couple things. One is 
you know, as you kind of go through the process and try to identify traumatic memories, once you select a memory, and in this case for, for the client, it was in reference to, you know, when he found out his wife was being unfaithful to him, um, which was a very traumatic experience. So that was, that part was easy. So you pick that memory, you target that. Um, and then you ask the client to say, okay, so describe to me the image that represents the worst part of that memory for you. And so they take their time and they, they go through and they describe what that, what the worst part of that image was for them. And what he described was just the, the, at the moment where he found out about the infidelity and he just happened to be coming back from a hunting trip. He was at a gas station and he was sitting in his truck and I don't know if he got a text or a phone call or something, but he was sitting in his truck when he found that out. And that's the image that he described. Um, as being the image that represented the worst part of that. So then you go about, and some of this, you got to kind of understand what EMDR is, but you go through, you start the process of EMDR and you're going through and having them answer some questions and, and kind of do some things. Um, but we got to a point where I asked him how, what he was noticing, if something was coming up for him in relation to what we were doing. And he looked at me and he just said with this very emotional tone, I'm still stuck in that truck and that's where I'm at. I'm just stuck in that truck. And that's basically where he was and where he's been for the last eight years. It's been eight years since this happened, um, but he's never really gotten out of that truck figuratively. Right. He'd be, you know, I mean, in the sense that he's put his walls up at that point mo moment, he's never trusted, been as connected to his wife, his kids or anybody since that moment, because he's in that truck and he's just dealing with the pain that that caused him at that moment. And he's just locked down by it and just won't allow himself to be hurt again. And so literally he's just stuck in that truck. And I think that that's such a powerful metaphor for what trauma can do to us. It keeps us, it can keep us stuck in whatever place that we're at. And if we're not aware of it, you know, it's really, you know, taking, control of our lives, which kind of goes into what I want to say, which is once our trauma and emotions are no longer dictating our actions, we could have a much more measured and effective response to situations that trigger that trauma. But that's the thing, you know, if it's dictating our actions and the way that we're operating, some of us may not know that um, because it's just kind of like automatic. And I think that that was the big realization for him was that he was stuck in that truck and that's where he was. And I don't think he really realized it until he had that moment of clarity in that EMDR treatment. And now as a result of that, he can begin the process of moving forward and getting out of that truck and living life and trying to connect and trying to create um, the kind of relationship that he really does want to have, but has just been afraid to open himself up to. And so as a result of kind of reading this article and thinking about these things and thinking about how, you know, our trauma can, you know, dictate our actions and the way that we operate, it really is important for us to understand, you know, how our trauma has impacted us. And I think my hope is for anyone listening to this, that if they find that they're stuck, literally stuck in a truck or stuck in a pattern of extreme reaction, such as Will or my client or even less severe reactions, but you do recognize that you're, that they are getting in the way of you living the life that you really want, please 
please consider some therapy and some treatment for that. Even if you haven't experienced big T type trauma, all of us have experienced various little T type traumas and have it, and they've impacted us in various ways, both personally and professionally, some mild, some others, not so mild. I think trauma has a way of impacting us in, you know, great big obvious ways as we saw with Will Smith and not so obvious ways such as perfectionism, workaholism, and a lack of boundaries. Um, and so as we take those things into consideration and maybe look at our trauma response or our responses to things in different ways, maybe through the lens of trauma, it might really open our eyes to, to things we haven't noticed before. And as we become aware of the things impacting you, and as we start to recognize things that maybe we've yet to address or ways that you never quite thought of being associated to trauma, you know, um, Again, allow yourself to get the support that you need working with somebody who can help you you through that. I know for me, as I've discussed these things with clients, it's really opened my eyes to, it's really opened their eyes, my eyes too. I'll get to that in a second, but in, in ways of viewing the potential trauma responses they have, as well as just kind of where that trauma sits for them and, and where it's at. And so I think there's a lot of work that we can all do with that and trying to understand where that lies for ourselves. I know for me, as I think about, you know, some of my own responses from traumas I experienced as a kid um, growing up, whether it's my brother getting shot or other things that have happened. Um, I know one of my big responses, and I talk about this in my video that I have on my website is it's like, I, I don't think it's a, you know, it's a surprise in some ways that I want to make sure that people are okay, because that's what I did in response. When my brother got shot, I wanted to make sure he was okay. That's why I jumped in the car with him to ride to the hospital with him to make sure he was okay. And I think that that carries through with me that I, that I, that I want to do that for others. And that even though could be a positive thing, but it also can be maybe a challenge sometimes because sometimes you have to let people go. You have to let them do their own, go their own path or do their own thing. Or if they're not going to listen or they're not going to take on, you know, accountability for their actions or whatever it may be, you have to let go and, and let them kind of go their way. So that can be a, you know, like I said, it can be a positive response, but it also can be a negative when things are not, you know, the way that you maybe hope them to be. And you've got to take a step back and just let somebody, you know, go through their own, you know, process with things. And, um, but like I said, it's just kind of opened my eyes to, to some things in a different way. And, you know, I hope by talking about this, that you can take some time to reflect on your own responses for things and maybe try to see the connections in your own life as to where maybe that's, that, that, that resides um, in your past, again, adulthood, childhood, either or, uh, big T, little T, doesn't really matter. It's just important to have that understanding. And then, like I said, if, if you deem it something that um, is really dictating your life um, or impacting you in a way that it doesn't have to, you know, and that's the whole thing. It doesn't have to. There is help for that, whether it's EMDR or just other types of, of therapy, you can have relief from from those things. And so, um, anyway, that's the, the episode for today. I hope you enjoy it. And this is the Vegas therapist signing off until next time.